Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell, the show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode will be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello, and you are listening to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... April, can you say Rob Beckett? And Josh Widdicombe. Josh Widdicombe. So close. Yeah. Can I just say it? How the hell has April's dad got a clearer mic than both of us? He, he sounds like a broadcast. He sounds like a VO guy. It was unbelievable. Is he doing it from under a duvet? <laughs> Who is the guy? Richard Sullivan. All oh, right, he's getting Googled. Uh, this is April Sullivan, who's three and a half from Portsmouth. Portsmouth? He doesn't sound like he's from Portsmouth. Um, how, are you, how are you, Josh? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. So, yeah, a big... I talked about it last time, but I spent time away from the family home for the first time in over a year. Oh, how was it? Well, Rob, I uh, got to the station. I was staying in the Hotel Duvan in Exeter. And as you know, my main fear was getting to sleep because I don't sleep well in hotels. Yes. You can't sleep in hotels, can you? It was a, it was a strange feeling of I've, I've spent a year thinking how amazing it would be to have a night on your own. Yeah. Just an evening on your own. And uh, I don't sleep very well when I'm in hotels. So I got to the station. I thought I, I brought some Valium and I thought I'll, um, what I'll do, I'll buy some alcohol. Yeah. Cool. So I bought. All seems quite good. Quite a good plan so far. Yeah. It's a um, short term strategy, isn't it? Valium and alcohol to sleep, I'd say. It I, is. I, I wouldn't advise it as a long term solution. No, and I tell you what, you don't wake up fresh as a daisy. <laughs> That's how was it? So, bought my uh, beers and a bottle of wine, got to the hotel. I thought I'd go for a walk to... Um, I uh, knocked on the door of my friend and had a chat with them on their doorstep, the Mike yes. and Lucy Wozniak. Uh, I had a beer on the doorstep because yeah. I had beers with me. <laughs> yeah, of course, you're walking through You're walking for Exeter on your own with a bag full of beers and Valium. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'd left the Valium in the hotel room. <laughs> okay, yeah, you don't, know, you don't want to be trans. You don't want to be a, a drug mule. No, got back to the hotel. Well, the good news is, Rob, I didn't take any. Oh, well done. Because after all my worries about sleeping, I opened a beer when I got back to the hotel. Yep. Two thirty a.m. Wake up fully clothed, lying back on the bed, holding the beer. <laughs> full dad mode. Full dad mode. I just full absolutely still holding the beer. Yeah, didn't know how tired I was, Rob. I didn't realise how tired I was. <laughs> You'd worked yourself up into your tears, hadn't you? Yeah. And then the second night, I did it with... I had another friend in Exeter. I had another doorstep drink. It's a it's a lovely, sociable thing to do. Well, yeah. Also, you are allowed in the garden now as well, so it's fine. It was an hour and a half before the garden. Um, an hour and a half before the... Oh, because it was it came in on the Monday. Yeah. I don't think anyone would have judged you for a bit of no, Sunday night garden, no, Josh. exactly. You know what I mean? So, so anyway, so. they don't have a garden, Rob. I didn't want to bring it up. I tell you, it doesn't have a garden. Yeah. Amir Khan. Do you know what? You could have given me all day. 
There's a new show on BBC called... Well, called uh, Who Doesn't Have a Garden? Yeah, yeah, it's called Who Doesn't Have a Garden. And you go around the houses blindfolded and you have to just guess on senses. <laughs> a, a reality show on BBC Three about Amir Khan and his wife. Oh, yeah. She's like an influencer and like like beautiful models thing and medals clothes and then he's boxing. But he's so funny. He just absolutely loves Bolton and she's from New York. And you can tell she absolutely <laughs> does not want to live in Bolton. But he loves... He, he genuinely... And he doesn't fake love Bolton. Like, some, you know, some... Some people like talk about their hometown. Yeah. Like, he loves Bolton. Anyway, yeah. they've got this massive house, right, of a long drive, and where the, there's no garden. They've just tarmacked it for all these cars, and there's just a trampoline in the middle for the kids. Oh, my but God. He, he's got no... He's, he's worth about 30 million. <laughs> <laughs> the kids has chosen not to have a garden. I, I find that mental, and it's a big, huge lot of land. It's not even got a, got a corner of AstroTurf. Oh my word! It's so bizarre because they do a shot, like a drone shot from the from up yeah. high of his house as he drives in and stuff. But he hasn't got a garden. He hasn't got a garden. No, how, much, I don't know. how much car park space has he got? Oh mate, he's got so much car park. It's a bit. That's what I'm saying. It's not like he's got. Yeah. he's got a massive house, but there's still land around it, and then he's built like a little house next to his big house. It's like a man cave, but he's got no garden. How can, how can you have an house that big and no garden? He was. He went. Has he got kids? He's got three children, all young. He, d- he just hates the idea of grass stains. I tell you when he will have a garden. The first time this kid bounces off that trampoline onto yeah. the tarmac, oh my he will word. get a garden. It's too hard. Anyway, but I don't know. Maybe if anyone out there knows about Amir Khan's garden arrangements, let me know. But from what I've seen on this show, he's got no garden. Do email in if you know. Um, so then the next morning after I'd woken up on the bed at 2.30, yeah. I woke up at like half six because obviously my body clock's completely fucked. Yeah, of course. and the clock's changed as well. Yeah. Getting ready to do uh, this filming and pick up my suitcase. You know that thing they put the suit. You know with the, the, the suitcase shelf thing. Yeah, yeah. To put it on that, the bottle of wine, full bottle of wine, falls out of the suitcase onto my big toe. Oh. Genuinely, I have never felt a pain like it. Like Mr. Bean. It... <laughs> and have you got a wheelie case or a carry case? You still carrying? Are you wheelie? No, I've got a wheelie case because okay. it's twenty twenty one. Some people have more testosterone than us, Josh, and we'll yes, carry a hold all to Spain. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, <laughs> Animals. So Thick, I, thick forearm bastards. I just can't believe you would do that. They do. I've seen it on Stag Dudes, mate. But some men are too hard to wheel a case. Oh, my God. You need, they, need, they need to make peace with who they are. They've got to accept that wills help. They don't exactly. carry their car around the city. Yeah, they're they? not Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Sorry, so you thought I broke my toe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, doing a documentary where I had to do lots of those walking shots, and it was yeah. unbearable the pain. <laughs> and also, you're thinking I can't be hobbling in this because, and it's it'll be so distracting. If I'm, I was basically walking like Kaiser Soze. <laughs> oh, Josh, and people will be watching it going, "See, I told you he was disabled. That's why he's on last leg." <laughs> I knew it. You've only ever seen him sat down. That's why he's got a limp. But you know what, Rob? I'm going to yeah. say it. Go on. Careful what you wish for. You had this, that when you're away, the daytime is brilliant. The yeah. morning when you wake up, and because obviously we couldn't go down for breakfast, so you had they brought breakfast in the hotel room. Ah, oh, breakfast in bed. What a life. You, you wake up on your own volition, and that is... Unbelievable after a year of not that. But actually, the evening when you're in your hotel room, 
is bleak as hell. Well, it is if you're just laying there pissed, holding a can of beer. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it was my own mistake. What were you doing? Well, when I when I was in that f- flat, though, I, I think, though, it, it's bleak in the evening if you've not done anything in the day. But if you've been out in the day hobbling around, it's probably a nice rest for you. But I did my colouring in and listening to podcasts and, and yeah. or playing my zoo game. I'm, mate, I have become part of a weird Sorry, are you music. six? No, I've still, I've told you about my zoo game, haven't I? Well, do you run a zoo like in theme park? Yeah, yeah. Oh my word! On your phone? No, it's on a. I've bought. I bought a gaming laptop for it. You bought a laptop to run a zoo? Yeah, but it's such a big game, Josh. It's the only thing I can do on it. It's only powerful what? enough to run what? my zoo game. So I've got a computer just for a zoo. What? How big? What? What's the zoo game called? Planet Zoo, mate. But that people, are, it's so impressive. Also, it's kicked off on the forums, Josh. Because basically they've done a, a, a new pack, a new downloadable, a DLC. It's called Downloadable Contact Pack. Oh, no. I'm releasing new animals. Like, you know the monkey that's got a knob for you a You don't release animal. animals. That's the opposite of the zoo, Rob. <laughs> exactly. But they're, they're, they're releasing new animals for you to look. And there's one, um, you know the monkey with a knob nose? They've brought that yeah, one yeah. out. Which is the proboscis monkey. Yeah, that one. And there's this animal called a Bin Tarong, Yeah. And they released, went, oh, here's our new Bin Tarong, Yeah. And then they had to redo it because it wasn't lifelike enough. And people complained. So that's it's all been going off on there, mate. I've been keeping an eye on that. How's but, your zoo um, going? Well, I don't... I, I'm not very good at making them, so I download other people's and just look oh my around God. it. So you bought a computer to download other people's zoos? Yeah, but then zoos are so impressive, Josh. What <laughs> people, is people are amazing. You're one, you're one of our most gifted comics, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got to chill sometimes. You're the working class bloody... <laughs> Eric Morecambe, mate. You are allowed working class nerds. You're allowed working class nerds. You can't all be doing Chang and watching the boxing. I do that on a Saturday in the week. I like the zoo. <laughs> the I'll two sides of Rob Beckett. Rack it up on top of my Hewlett Packard PC. <laughs> can't be doing that. I'm printing off blueprints on my Epson. And they say Rob Beckett's changed. Even in the period of this podcast, right? You didn't even have a computer when we started this. Now you've got a zoo-specific computer. <laughs> I know, I've got... I've got <laughs> I'm catching up with my bins, the amount of computers I've got. But do you know why I got into it is, though, the girls was like, what are you doing, Dad? And I showed it to them. So now what we like to do is, because they do weird zoos, that love futuristic zoos, or, or and they'll remake zoos. And then I mean, the girls sit there and I go, right, what animals do you want to see? And the exhibits they make are amazing. So we just explore the exhibits and stuff. And then you can watch, like, animals. It's all computer done, obviously. Like, yeah. they have little babies. And like, oh, can we see the baby? And then I created a Lion King enclosure forum to make it like lion king so it's nice. sort of, so i'm sort of justifying and, it for are the, the animals photorealistic or are they like cartoony mate, mate the the quality is outrageous um but um i just love it i just i just um i find it really calming and are you learning about animals rob do you know what i am you know you can keep a african bull elephant in an enclosure alone you'd think it need more elephants as most elephants are you are learning social. about torturing animals rob <laughs> You can pop a gazelle in with a lion. Oh my god! And it eats it. Oh my god! And then, but sometimes your animals inbreed, so you got to be on it because you breed them. But then, if you don't move them around or move them with other zoos, before you know it, you've got like double knob nose on the monkeys because they're inbred. <laughs> Six knobs on their hands. I've been struggling this week with tiredness, Josh. I can't. I think I'm struggling with the clocks changing more because I don't know yeah, about you. Yeah, the clocks changed. We we spoke about this before, but I 
I'm not a morning person. And it's been a year now of being at home and not really working evenings or late and coming yeah. in at three in the morning. And I still, every morning, Josh, I wake up and it's like, it's a surprise. I've got children. <laughs> I'm so confused. And then they just like jump on me. I'm like, what is this? Who are these? What have I got? And then it's like, and I do the school run half asleep and I just can't, and I just sort of sit there in a bit of like a, sort of like blind confusion of like, what who are these little things in my house before I remember I've got kids again? Do you feel like that in the mornings? I just, I can't wake up. Yeah, I do. I Last night she woke up. She doesn't really wake up in the night. I don't know, really. I know this isn't the podcast to say that on. But she woke <laughs> up at uh, half two. Yeah. For no reason. I don't, you're, the storm's coming though, Josh. Don't worry about not moaning about it now. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I'm enjoying it while I can. Went back, I went back to bed and I couldn't get back to sleep because of the the stress of her waking up in the middle of the night. Yeah. And um so this morning when she woke up it was pure torture because this is another thing. She shouts for Rose every morning, but I go up every morning and you're like surely she's worked this one out by now, hasn't she? Give me a fucking shout out, mate. <laughs> Come on. You know who's coming. My five-year-old made a card for me that she put in an envelope and wrote my name on it and put a little message in there saying, Daddy, I love you. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And I opened it and I said to Lou, did you get one? She went, no. <laughs> but the five-year-old and Lou now, because Lou's from a family of girls and, and, and Lou, Lou will get annoyed quicker than I will from the five-year-old winding her up. And I know the five-year-old's trying to wind her up on purpose a little bit. And and I know it's more directed at Lou, but even if it was directed at me, I think I've got a quite a, a bit of a longer fuse than Lou yeah. has. They argue like the two popular girls in school. that are, You know when you used to be at school and the two popular girls in school would argue with each other and everyone else in the class were like, oh my God, they're arguing again. Oh, like, and you're just watching it. But I find it hilarious. But I just, I know I can't laugh. But they, they're not, it's not like mother and daughter. It's like two teenage girls bickering and it's so funny. It's so amazing. Funny. Absolutely amazing. I don't know if that's happened with Rose yet. And, and No, uh, she's yeah. not. She's not old enough, but I am looking forward to that. I think having a boy will hopefully slightly neutralise the uh, mean girls aspect of your household. Yes, I think I think I think we're right in the middle of it, and I think it's only going to get worse for us. But on the subject of having a baby, I've got some. I've got a top tip for nappy changing, Josh. You've never changed a boy's nappy, have you? No. Um, so this is from it's Abby, just Abby um, is her Instagram name. Top tip for nappy changing boys: they will pee. When you take it off, so don't remove the old nappy until you've seen them pee. So I think you have to undo it, and then when because I think when the air hits oh, yeah. the, the the knob, it will piss. I think that's fine. Yeah. That stops at some point in your life, though, doesn't it? Oh, not for me, mate. <laughs> when a bit of cold air touches that, instant piss. Anyway, and then number two, baby boys get erections. Oh no! Are you ready for a baby's erect knob? Count me out of this. What? Well, you will you will be having to deal with or see an erect baby's. Penis. Oh, they don't. Are you, are you pranking me? <laughs> I'm not pranking you, mate. Baby boys get erections. Oh, this is and... the day after April Fool's Day as well, actually, that this yeah, goes Yeah, no, I, this is what, not a prank. Google it now. It is... I'm not, that... I'm not Googling baby boy <laughs> erection, Rob. <laughs> Think about... That's yeah, a yeah. render. Oh, I tell you, Operation U-Tree would gobble I that. I do not need that on my CV. Let's get you Me using the recording of this podcast as evidence to clear my name. Well, well don't don't Google baby boy erections then, if you don't want to. That's that's totally fair. But just as a heads up. So but I think what you have to do is undo the nappy, open it, let, and then when they piss again, put the nappy back over the penis. So give it some air. Give it some it air. Get it going, and then put the going. nappy back on. But I'd say let... 
nature give it air. Don't blow on it. No, I'm not going to blow Don't, on it. No, yeah, no, I'm just, not. I'm not going to blow on it, Rob. <laughs> so just let the air of the room in it. Here's a tip. Yeah. Googling baby boy erections and blowing yeah. on a penis were not two of the things no, I was planning exactly. on doing. Don't do either of them, but just be aware you are you will have to deal with an erection when changing a boy's nappy. Well, I'll keep you informed. It's all it's an awkward conversation, but it's the truth, Josh. What can yeah, I say? I do like these tips and do keep them coming. Do you want one more message from Instagram before? Yeah, we, why not? Go on. Here we go. So this is from Craig. On your story about the family turned back home from a trip to Devon if the kids played up, my mate used to have a random empty boxes wrapped up under the Christmas tree. And if the kids misbehaved, one of the presents would be put in the bin in front of the kids. Oh, my word. I think that's too harsh. Yeah, of course it is. That is too brutal, isn't it? Well, so they'd have... The boxes that they knew they were going to remove. Yes, like you were used as like cannon fodder. Was it Orson Wells who would hire Michael will know this? Uh, uh, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa! I might know this. All right, don't just don't drop Orson Wells. Ask me first, and then we can ask Michael. All right, was it Orson Wells that used to on the first day of shooting a movie, he'd hire someone with an actor whose role was just for him to sack them on day one, so that everyone else. Knew um, that he meant business. I'll be honest with you. I've only just found out Orson Welles did films. I thought he did books. <laughs> that sounds like an author. Yeah, so I think that is right, though, maybe. I, yeah, I, don't, I think there's an episode of Friends about it. That's yeah, why but... I know. Let's be honest. There's an episode where Monica does it to Joey. That's what it was. Yes, it is, isn't it? Uh, right, who have we got this week, George? Jared Christmas, who uh, is an amazing comedian, Rob. Yes. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a Kiwi. He's a Kiwi. He's a lovely man as well. Very nice Lovely man, man really funny. I'll be honest, mm. we got distracted and he told the best anecdote in the world, but it wasn't about parenting. Yeah, so we'll get him back on for more parenting stuff, but it's really funny. We just yeah. had a good time, didn't we, Josh? We just vibed that. We just vibed it. It was great. It, it felt like bumping into a friend you've not seen for ages on a train somewhere and knowing that they were getting off in eight stops time. So it was an absolute banter assault. And then he jumped off the train and you left all feeling good. Exactly. Enjoy. Was that a weird analogy? No, I think it's fine. That's never happened to me, though. No, of course not. <laughs> Jared, can you give the audience a rundown on your family kids' setup? Okay, uh, I have got a wife, ooh, and ooh, uh, me and her, me and her, did the Willy Fanny thing, and um, we got a baby. Yeah, and then we, uh, two years later, we did it again and got another baby. Oh, it would have been right. good to do it a few more times in between, but um, just just Willy Fanny or other ones? Just just Willy Fanny. That's how babies are made, mate. <laughs> oh right. Oh, yeah. No, the other way. Scared. I don't know yeah. what you're giving birth to there. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> Jared, how how old are your kids? Uh, oldest is eleven, and the youngest is nine. Oh. Okay. Oh, so and they're getting on a bit now. You're ba- you're UK based, are you, Jared? I am UK based. Correct. I'm I'm out near uh, near Bath Spa. And yes. Somerset countryside. Oh, I would say, Jared, I've 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 not really had much much interaction with your kids and you. I've sort of met them a couple of times, but I think you are a great dad, and uh, I and I imagine you are fun, and they love you. And are are you the best dad in the world, Jared? Would you say uh, to to them? I certainly am. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I I have my moody moments. I can't but... imagine that. I've never seen you moody. <laughs> what what grinds your gears, Jared, with oh, the kids? When they when they don't bloody listen and you're just repeating the same thing over and over again. And then you suddenly, I find myself wanting to say uh, stupid things like, why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you respecting me in my own house? <laughs> just, and I really have to bite back on that stuff. Yeah. 
because then you would sound like a Victorian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You will respect me. And then I realise when I play with them and I put on silly voices and stuff, I'm like, there's no respect here. <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can't go from voicing a, a Barbie doll to give me respect, can you? No. no. And I, I think that's a whole comedian thing, and I've, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm sick of seeing comedians like on a panel show getting electrocuted or gunged, and then the next minute they're like on Twitter talking about some massive political movement. I'm like, pick a lane. <laughs> Just do one thing well. If you want to have your opinion, then you can't take the sweet, sweet cash from ITV Celebrity Squares. That's what I think. You either take the cash and shut up. I'm not going to lie to you. Or you don't take the cash. I didn't take that cash, and I don't like the Prime Minister. Whoa. This is huge. This is huge. I haven't taken the Celebrity Squares cash, Jared, so I can say that. And I would like to say Celebrity Squares is the easiest gig you'll ever do in your life. Yeah, I don't know, mate. Have you done uh, The Dog Ain't My Homework on CBBC? <laughs> yes, I have, actually. Yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is easy. It's a pretty it? easy gig. <laughs> Talk me through The Dog Ate Your Homework, Jared. I, for I some, love for it, someone mate. that's too busy sticking it to the man to do Dog Ate Your Homework. <laughs> it's a kid's panel show. I absolutely love that show. I, I think I've done maybe nine or ten episodes now over the last few years, and it's just, you know, you just have fun with it. Yeah, Ian it's Sterling. Ho- does Ian Sterling still host it? No, he moved on, didn't he? Uh, yeah. I think he was getting, it was finding it hard to balance children's TV with voicing Love yeah. Island. It's got quite, yeah, because he does do three weeks in the summer of Love Island, so it must be hard to, you know, schedule in the rest of the yeah. <laughs> panel shows. And I think he was he was getting a real mixed bag showing up to his tour shows, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, uh, do your kids watch um, The Dog Ate My Homework? Have they seen you on that? Yeah, yeah, they have. They love it. Um, oh, I nice. mean, they watch it. They, they've watched it without me on it, and they've watched it with me on it. And uh, it hurts when they make no comment about it. Oh, like oh. What, the previous the episode I've just been on, uh, I had to ask them if they'd seen it, and they went, oh. "Yeah." I was like, "Well," and they're like, "Yeah, it was good." I'm like, Come on. <laughs> Are you quite a needy dad, would you say, Jared? Because you like, you know, you're an attention seeker, you're a comedian. Do you need their, their attention? Do you find yourself like seeking it? Yeah, I'm not. I, I've never been a guy to put my hand out for, for compliments. Um, yeah. I don't like doing that. But, you know, since this whole uh, pandemo uh, hit us, I just haven't been getting the praise that, I, uh, that I'm used to. <laughs> so I'm, I'm seeking it from my children. And they do not give a shit. About my ego. <laughs> did the, did you uh, homeschool Jared then? Uh, I did, but I have to fully, full confession, my wife did the lion's share of that, and okay. she nailed it. She absolutely nailed it. I, uh, I did not nail it. I found out some hard truths about my intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what gaps have you got, Jared? Uh, a lot of gaps. Uh, turns out I'm pretty rubbish at spelling, guys. Um, oh. And I don't know whether that's because of predictive text or I just was never good at spell- spelling. Um, maths, of course, not yep. great. Um, yep. Creative stuff. You know, I helped, helped them make a couple of home movies to submit for projects and Ooh. stuff. Absolutely nailed them. <laughs> um, did a scene from The Tempest with spoons that we glued eyes onto and stuff like that. That was pretty awesome. And did did it a stop motion? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I mean, it took. I mean, so you're a fun, you're the fun dad, aren't you? Yeah. Jared? Look, mate. It took like three weeks, right? <laughs> what like, to make? Two hours a day, and 
<laughs> they were going, that'll do. And I'm like, they are not the words you ever want to hear in TV production. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so yeah. do you ever get involved in the disciplining or is that what your wife does? Or, or uh, no, try? it's team effort, team effort. Yeah. But we, if, if one of us is disciplining, then the other one doesn't. It's a case-by-case case basis. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, like the other day, uh, it all kicked off, um, and I was having to try and put those flames out. I, I was doing okay, but internally, I was thinking, I wish, I wish my wife Amelia was dealing with this. <laughs> and you got two you know? da- two daughters, is that right? Yeah. So I yeah. I've got uh, two daughters, and they're five and three. But I'm already noticing that sometimes my wife telling them off turns into an argument on a Hindu between three women that I, I cannot even understand what the argument's about anymore, even though they're young. So are you noticing that now with your kids being a bit older, that there's a sort of a female trait in this sort of bickering argument that, that, that you can't involve? Um, I, don't, I, I sound like a 70s dad, but there is, a, it, it, there is a thing when three women argue, I just panic and leave, and even though they're my, well, my kids. You go for a bloody pint in the pub, don't you, Rob? Talk to your mates. I just go down, get me slippers on, go and have a pint. Yeah, and, and you keep saying, her at home. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. throw some bloody darts. Yeah. <laughs> Do they not, they don't bicker then, Jared? Uh, no, they're, they're a pretty united team. If there's any bickering, it's it's kind of me, um, uh, which in this moment I'm, I'm realising. Uh, and I'll be honest, I'm having quite an identity crisis right at this point, and what a place to have it in your own... <laughs> In your own it's toilet. Like, it's slightly like therapy, this, where you yeah. ask a couple of questions, you go, yeah, I do do that. Is that bad? Yeah. Am I bad? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, no, my wife is really good. She's she's so calm and all that. But I guess it works. You know, we, it is a team effort, right? And um, we, if if one of us is losing it, the other one steps in and keeps calm. So have, have, you, have you had to do more parenting? How was it? Was it the parenting split 50-50 before the pandemic? Or obviously you being away, took like touring and doing shows around the country. Was your wife doing more of the parenting? How, yeah, how was it? She, yeah, she was doing more of the nitty gritty and I'd swoop in for the big stuff. <laughs> okay. And then what is it like now? You're at home more. Uh, it's, it's a fucking drag. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> In that first lockdown, I taught my youngest daughter to ride a bike. And it was long overdue, and I just never had the time, you know. I'd be away, and when I got back, there'd be other things to do. And she picked it up surprisingly quick. But equally, it was, hang on, this is is quite incredible. I wouldn't have been able to do this if if someone didn't lick out a bat. So... Has that been confirmed now? Did someone lick it out? Is that, yeah. is that I, I just thought they rimmed it, but if they licked it out, that you're asking for trouble, aren't you? Yeah, they probably went. Is for that it. what you said to her when you were having this magical moment? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I said, you need to thank whoever it was who licked out a bat because <laughs> they are the reason. <laughs> what a statue that was to like. Wuhan. <laughs> um, and so you live in. When you say live uh, near Bath, is Bath Spa Bath? I don't... Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Are so you that's British? A... Are you British, Josh? Because <laughs> I'm from New Zealand and I knew that. Yeah. Well, no, it's just... I, I've never heard someone call it Bath Spa before. I just call it Bath. Well, it's a spa town, isn't it? It's, spa. Oh, it's a spa mm. town. It's got a Roman spa in it. Um, yeah. I, I think the reason I say Bath Spa is because I panic that someone's going to try and do bath banter. 
Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I yeah. get it. Okay, yeah. That's and I should have given you more credit, mate. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, Rob told me that you live near Bath. I've written five minutes of jokes about it. When you said Bath Spa, I was fucking kicking myself, <laughs> mate. Really? It's really <laughs> thrown him. All the Bath stuff, bubble bath yeah. stuff, lavender yeah. crystals. Do you, find, uh, do you find it's too hot for you? Or do you have to be, et yeah. cetera, right? When you yeah, drive yeah. home after a gig, do you have to go into Bath a little bit and then slowly accelerate yeah, in? So you can, yeah, lovely. that kind of stuff. All of that. That is All my life. Those. But those. that's a lovely area of the country to live and to bring up children. Did yes. you move there for parenting reasons? Or? We, yeah, we really did. Uh, so my in-laws live in Bath and uh, we were in London, you know, and just wanted more space and couldn't afford anywhere else in London. So moved out thinking we'd move to Bath, but turns out Bath house prices are the same as London house prices. <laughs> yeah, And so we kept, you know, we kept looking further out of Bath until we found this lovely little village bought a house that was built in the 1650s oh wow yeah i know this i'm living in a house that is older than white people in new zealand (laughs) if if that makes sense (laughs) that's how the estate agent sold it to you isn't it exactly his exact words um and was there any consideration about moving back to new zealand with the kids because obviously that's a great place to bring up kids uh yeah it would be no not in the slightest. Okay. No, fair enough. Uh, not in the slightest. Uh, for one, you know, obviously from my perspective, uh, you know, I'd love to be down there, but career-wise, it's hard to make a living just being a comic down there. Right. You, know, you yeah. have to be, you have to be one of those comics who gets on TV. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> what I do, guys. I don't know if you guys have noticed my technique. Is yeah. I'll go on these panel shows once, absolutely nail it. So they don't need to get me back. You know, he's like, he's, he's nailed it. Whereas the rest of you blokes, the rest of you blokes, you've got to keep going on and practicing and practicing, right? But one day, mate, you're going to be good enough on Dog Ate Your Homework that you won't have to do that again. Exactly. That's the main thing. That's the one that I'm worst at. <laughs> God, give him one more try. <laughs> <laughs> and so are they having like this kind of i'm picturing an idyllic kind of um wiltshire upbringing it must be lovely like are they going to like a village school and all that kind of thing uh yeah so there's a uh they were going to the village school but it's one of these weird ones that doesn't do full primary it only goes up to like year four oh, right. uh, so my youngest is now going into going to a school in another village and uh, my oldest is at secondary school, so she's in the big smoke. She's in the big, oh. she's in the big bath now, mate. So she, does she have to go into actual bath to go to this secondary school? Is it a town nearby? No, actual, actual, real actual life, grown-up pants bath. Because that's my worry about bringing up children in a village is I don't want kids that panic on the tube. I hate them kids. You see them all like, circle line, which is it this shit? You're like, come on. But what if I don't mind the gap? Yes, exactly. I want to see sort of, you know, smog covered bogeys coming out my kid's nose to know that they're living a life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You don't even live in London. You live in about zone six, mate. Don't give me that shit. Close That's enough, Josh. Only because you lot moved in and started gentrifying it, I had to move out. <laughs> That's what happened. You and your TV money in 2012 yeah. bought up all of Acne. I had to fuck off out to zone six so don't give me that <laughs> do you know what when i first went on the tube as an adult so i'd obviously i've been to london a couple of times as a kid and then i moved to manchester and i came to london i had to go on the tube i'm not gonna lie to you those escalators they are faster in london 
I couldn't exactly. believe the speed of those escalators. I you couldn't don't want believe a kid it. Like that. You don't want a little nervous Neris at the top of the escalator shit himself because it's going down too far. I genuinely, I was like, this, this is this is inhumane. Angel, <laughs> angel, I bet Angel put the shits up. Oh, yeah, that's the big huge oh, angel mate. one. Yeah, you've actually got to biggest. live in London a year before you take on Angel. That's yeah. what I was told. You got to build up to it. You got to take it. It's the kind of escalator you need to take a book. <laughs> um, Jared, what were, what was it like going back and forward from New Zealand? Obviously, you had family over there that want to see the kids. You must have flown. You know, that is the longest flight before you start coming back home, isn't it, New Zealand? Yeah, it's pretty huge. Uh, we've taken them down twice. Um, the first time my <laughs> Uh, was when my oldest daughter was, uh, I think, God, she was only about four or five months. Oh, my God. Um, I know. And there was, we uh, for our wedding, we asked people to uh, put money into a travel fund rather than buy presents. Yeah. And so we were able to go down to New Zealand uh, <clears throat> business class. Oh, so, oh, yeah. It felt pretty good. And uh, Cathay Pacific. Nice. Um, and there was a beautiful moment where one of the flight attendants asked if she could take our daughter Maggie while we ate our breakfast, you know, to give us some Aww. peace and quiet. It was lovely. Oh and then she came back and Maggie had done an explosive shit <laughs> that had leaked out of her nappy and all over the flight attendant's <gasps> uniform. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it was great. <laughs> well, what about the, the second time? Was that with both of them? Yeah, second time was with both of them. Um, what ages? Uh, Maggie must have been. Maggie was about three, and Edie oh, three was one. was one. Yeah, and then you have had to have paid for a seat for the three year old. I'm assuming yeah. you didn't go business that time, or did you? No, we went. Uh, we went Air New Zealand. Top tip: if you're doing that long, uh, long journey, go Air New Zealand. They've got an economy. They've got something called a sky couch, which is designed for families. Oh, um, and Ooh. all the uh, all the armrests fold neatly into the chair. Uh, and then you can pull the footrest thing up and it, and lean it back further than normal, and you got you've basically got a couch. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah, Great so that tip. that's really good. So that's what we did. We did that, which meant that my wife and daughters could go to sleep, and I stood in the aisle <laughs> <laughs> for twenty four hours. Yeah, mate. And also, you've got a here's a top tip. Can I give you a top tip if you are flying yeah, with kids? Top yeah. tip: night flights. Okay. Yeah. Get them in their PJs before they get on the flight. They'll be excited initially, but then the body clock kicks in. They go to sleep for ages. But then if you've got the stopover, you've got to make sure you stay over for a couple of days to then get another night flight because pushing through is brutal. The first 12-hour flight when they're sleeping for most of it is bliss. But that second one where they are wide awake for 12 (laughs) hours straight and a a capsule in the sky is tough. (laughs) (laughs) But how how was that second leg then? Um, We we stopped over uh, that second time. We flew via Los Angeles. Um, and we we stopped over for two nights in like a airport hotel, um, and not showing off, guys. But when we uh, that first night in the airport hotel, I ordered room service. <laughs> I ordered. I just wanted a plate of plate of chips, and that's what I ordered with ketchup. And they sent uh, potato crisps because <laughs> that's what chips are, right? I should have said fries with ketchup. Yeah. Can you imagine my level of anger? <laughs> we were, we were, I we hungry children in the room. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> just, I just, the vision of your face receiving a plate of crisps. Oh. 
And it, they even put the, you know, when they have that, that cover on it, that metal cover. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they, oh, yeah, the cloth. It. To keep the heat in. And didn't your daughter start picking up on what you were saying on the flight? Yeah, so that second journey, I, you know, the, it was pretty stressful because we went to a strip. My parents live in Australia, so we went to Australia and visited them, went to my cousin's wedding, and then we went on to New Zealand. We did a lot of flying, a lot of moving around. And me and my wife didn't realise, but we were saying, which was appropriate for every scenario, we were saying, fucking hell. A lot. <laughs> and we didn't realise, but our oldest, Maggie, was was locking that away. She was being a sponge and soaking all of that up. Yeah. And we had a couple of incidences on that journey where she, on a bus, she shouted fuck really loudly. And uh, we found it hilarious. Yeah. But it was when we got back to the United Kingdom and we were in the fine dining establishment called a Pizza Express. And... Uh, Maggie just at the top of her lungs shouted fucking hell <laughs> and everyone was looking and we were like, okay, we don't, let's not say that. She's like, fucking hell. Like, okay, please don't. We're not, we're, they're not, they're not nice words to say. And so she stopped, thought about it for a bit and then she went, fuck. And we we're like, no, no, no. And she said, why are you getting angry? I'm not saying fucking hell. I'm just saying fuck. <laughs> and, uh, my wife just picked her up and walked out of the restaurant with her, you know, not angrily, just yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to deal with this outside. Yeah. And I'm left sitting at that table with my uh, youngest daughter who was eating crayons, so she had no idea what was going on. <laughs> and people were just glaring at me. Oh. And you know what? I said fucking hell because it was the only thing appropriate <laughs> to sum up that situation. I've, I've got an oh, off-topic question about restaurants, Jared. Oh, love it. Yeah, because that's just... I've absolutely brought up something in my mind that I haven't thought about in years. I don't know if this is the forum. We'll soon find out. You once told me. What the hell are you going to ask? Yeah. <laughs> you once told me about Priscilla Presley taking you to a restaurant. Yes. And it, it remains one of the best anecdotes I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and um, I know it's off topic. It is off topic. Can well, I just ask? I, I, do you know what? Let's set up normally. Jared, have you ever been to a restaurant with Priscilla Presley? <laughs> You should get a chat show, Josh. Is yeah. that, was, that was so slick. Well, funny you should say that, Josh. <laughs> That's weird. That was my next question. Oh, um, well, yeah, I, I did Panto with uh, Priscilla Presley. Uh, what was, was she it? like? She was amazing. She was hmm. genuinely amazing. Look, she's such a big celebrity that yeah, of course. everyone was really the, – the first rehearsals, everyone was really nervous um of what she's going to be like and stuff like that and they're basically wanting us to you know tread on eggshells around her until we could figure out you know what yeah. what she is like um i had to do a photo shoot with her and warwick davis at the savoy hotel and i am i'm aware that like i was third build in this panto but i'm aware there's a big drop from <laughs> second billing to Thing, right? <laughs> I'm, uh, you, you guys know me. I'm a realistic you, bloke, right? Yeah. You know when a football team have spent all their money on Ronaldo, yeah, and then there's 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 some good players in the team. Thomas Jared. Graveson turns up. There's some solid players in the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Priscilla yeah. Presley's selling the shirts, big time, big time. And you know Warwick's selling a bit of merch too. Oh you yeah. Know? Um. Yeah. So we're in the we're in the Savoy Hotel, and they've got paparazzi there 
I'm talking like 30 photographers. And I, you know, I knew what was going to happen. And it happened exactly how I thought it would. And uh, so Priscilla goes out and they're all clicking away, clicking away, shouting her name and stuff. Then Warwick goes out, clicking away, shouting her name. Then I walk out, one click. Uh, we're done now. <laughs> right? <laughs> One click's worse than zero, mate. Is it though? I got a zero. I got a zero click at the NTAs. I was behind Talisa, and it was like the, like every single flash of every camera went off when Talisa walked past. And then I stood there, and they went, "Yep, yeah, keep going." I went, "Yeah, fair <laughs> enough." <laughs> so I've been no clicked. So one click, I'll take that, Jared, mate. One click, and then I stood there, and the PR person said, "Do you want to take any more?" And I said, "No, no, I think I'm done. Thanks, guys. Thanks." <laughs> <laughs> when I used to support Stephen Merchant on tour, amazing, and we'd go out afterwards, and there'd obviously be loads of people out the back of the theatre, and they'd all queue for the photo with him, and then occasionally someone would ask for a photo with me, and you'd go, and it'd be embarrassing. But worst was occasionally someone would say, "Do you want me to get a photo with you?" And that is a, <laughs> a pity. Yeah, a pity. Oh, they're offering me. Yeah. A pity photo. Is there anything worse? Oh, So you've been one oh. clicked. You're in the Savoy with Warwick Davis. Yeah, and one click. Um, and then we go into this other room to have interviews with uh, journalists. And, you know, all the big papers are there. And then I'm in the corner with the Wimbledon Gazette. And uh, the the journalist guy says to me, do you think I'll get a chance to interview Priscilla? And I said, no, absolutely <laughs> not. And, uh, and he was like, well, can you just go and... And I was like, mate, there's a reason I'm having an interview with you. I don't even want... I don't even want to be, you know, I'm not looking over at The Guardian going, I wonder if I'll get a shot at getting an interview with The Guardian. Let's do the interview and let's go and get some lunch, mate. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but I really want to talk to Priscilla Presley. And I'm like, yeah, I want to be in The Telegraph. Come on, mate. <laughs> Just realise where you are in the world, all right? And they, Priscilla Presley had a fake apple and she says, do you want me to bite it? Do you, she said something like, do you want me to actually bite it? And I said before, without even thinking, only if you want to fucking die. <laughs> and there was silence. <laughs> and then Priscilla started laughing and everybody did that really annoying, sycophantic sort of, once she started laughing, everyone was like, oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, that's spoken like a real comedian. That's, mate, I've felt that, that feeling before. Oh, yeah. but those that silence for a couple of seconds oh, where everyone's oh, like, oh, oh my yeah. God, I can't believe you've just said that. So she was great skill. She was awesome. Um, and this is just, a, this has taken me a long time to get to the story you wanted me to tell. No, you. but I loved, I loved the story on the way. I didn't know there was more. <laughs> oh, there's been a hell of a journey with her. Um, in, in the panto, I used to. Uh, uh, I was her henchman. I was the uh, woodcutter or whatever it is. I was the one who was meant to murder Snow White, but I didn't. Mm. Uh, so every time I went on stage, I would improvise a new uh, a new name for her. Hello, my queen of delayed tubes. You know, hello, my queen of anything negative that was in the story, in the news, I would try and spin it in each time. Um, and there was one time where I went on and called her the queen of awkward family photos. Do you remember that website? Yeah. Yeah. So I that. Was that. at the time. Yeah. 
It was popping off. It was massive in 2013. It was was popping off on Bebo. (laughs) And MySpace. It was all over MySpace. Yeah. And uh, so I said that, and she, on stage, just turns to me and says, what did you say? Whoa. And I went, "Uh, uh, queen of awkward family photos? And she said, what photos have you seen? And in my head, I'm going, oh, man, she has taken this. She doesn't know about the website, awkward family photos. So I'm just panicking on stage, right, looking at her, thinking, I I thought this was a pretty safe bet, this line, but it has gone into murky waters. And then I said, I I haven't seen any photos. And she said, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this off stage. The audience audience are wetting themselves, right? Because I am... I was shitting myself, but I was aware I was on stage, so I was really playing up the panic as well. Yeah. yeah. And in Panto, if things like that happen, people just think it's part of the show. <laughs> so they're just laughing and going with it. And we go on, we walk off stage after that scene, and she says, I'm not talking to you, and just walks <gasps> off. I was like, oh, man, oh, man. And then I had like 30 minutes until my next scene with her where she's in a harness and she's being hoisted up to fly across the stage, right? And I think, I'm going to I'm gonna talk to her before we go on for this scene. Oh, God. This so she's awful. getting hooked up in the harness. Could I just say, this isn't even the story I asked for either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This isn't is what the podcast is about. It's no, funny, though, this, is, this is unbelievable. I've, I genuinely, I'm in a spinny chair and I've had to turn away from my mic because I'm too awkward. <laughs> So she's getting hooked up in this harness to fly and I go up to her and, you know, I just say, look, Priscilla, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to offend you about that awkward family photo. There's a website called Awkward Family Photos and it's, you know, people are just putting in their own family photos on it. And, you know, a lot of them are from the 80s and it's all about their hairstyles and... You know, some people dress up in the same jumper and it's just, you know, I'm just rattling on. She's just staring at me and then she slowly starts getting lifted up, slowly starts getting lifted up. And then she just says to me, uh, yeah, I know what it was. I was just winding you up. (laughs) And then just gets taken on stage. And I was like, I cannot believe she just played me. Wow. 30 minutes. I was sweating, man. Oh, my God. She actually went on stage giggling. Oh wow! Actually, when I stage giggling, so she was a lot of fun. Um, and she came out. She came to Nando's with us a few times. Uh, turns out her favourite drink is Red Bull and vodka. Um, I know, awesome. So, so the story you wanted yeah. me to tell, the story yeah. you wanted me to tell, she invited me to lunch with her and her assistant in between shows, and she said we found this great French restaurant in Wimbledon Village. And she said, I just love it. The ambiance, it's just genuine French. It's so good. So we get in the car and we rock up to Cafe Rouge. And and I'm kind of getting out of the car thinking, oh, I I can't believe this. Um, And we, we sit down and I say to her, what is it about this place that you really like? And she said, it's just so authentically French. And she said, you know, we ate here the other day and I had quite an incredible beef bougenot. And I'm staring out the window at the Carluccios across the road thinking, why couldn't she have gone there? Uh, And so we eat the meal and I I didn't want to be 
the guy who popped the bubble about it because she was genuinely yeah. delighted about it. You can't, you can't in that situation. You can't. She was dropping French to the waiter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're, um, we get back to the, we get back to the theater and, you know, I said, thanks for, thanks for lunch. And she was like, Oh, that's great. We should go back. We should take some other people back there. I'm sure they'd love it. And, uh, and she said, it looks, you know, the, Maybe if we take a big group of us there, though, you know, oh. as, as it's an independent restaurant, they would really. And it was at that point I, I said to her, "Look, Priscilla, it's it's a chain restaurant. There's loads of them." And she said, "I don't believe you. I don't oh. believe you." Um, and then I just dropped it. I dropped it. And then probably three weeks later, we were standing in the wings, about to go on stage, and uh, she hears her cue line, and then just turns and looks at me, and she says, "Cafe Rouge is a chain restaurant." <laughs> I'm so disappointed. And then walks on stage and does the scene. Oh, oh, oh. Gosh, she's incredible. Oh. Rob, I think yeah. we've been doing this wrong. We've been asking people about their kids. What we should do, get them on and go, you know that anecdote you told me? Can you just tell us? Can you just, tell me can you just add five more anecdotes to that one anecdote we want yeah, yeah. Oh God, that, that actually happened to me and Lou when we went to um, Venice for our um, honeymoon, and we went to this Italian restaurant, and we thought it was authentic. It's called Rosso Pomodoro. Right. I loved it. We were buying all the sauces. Oh my God, what a great authentic! And then I was walking through sour, fucking saw one. Yeah, I know. I know Priscilla's pain. Oh, Jared, we oh. might have to get you back on to talk about your kids another time because you got well, going. I was going to say, Jared. I thought you were good enough that we're not going to have to book you again. I think we're going to have to book you again, Jared, so we can talk about your kids. Before we go, can we yeah. quickly do this one? It's the Crosby's Law question. What annoys you about your partner's parenting that you haven't told her, um, but you think it's a fair point? And if she listened back to this once you've you've said it, she would go, fair enough. Is there anything that she does that winds you up that you want to share, Jared? Um, oh, this is, I mean, this is really putting me on the spot, isn't it? Um, mm. what, I've, what I've got to weigh up is will she listen to this podcast? Probably not. Yeah. Oh, um, if she does, she's heard that Priscilla Presley story 400 oh, times. Oh, yeah, she's she heard that at every then, dinner mate. party you've ever been to, I'm sure, yeah. Jared. She, she would have switched off by now. Like, oh, <laughs> yes. sake. Uh, why don't you just move in with her? Um, I did meet up with her in Los Angeles. Um, oh, did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was weird. Where'd you go? Uh, Prep for a nicer French, <laughs> French coffee. <laughs> Uh, actually, we just had a drink in the hotel bar that I was staying at, and she had a Red oh. Bull and vodka. Oh, and okay. my wife and kids were asleep upstairs, jet lagged, and I I went down and had a drink with Priscilla for about fifteen oh. minutes. She came to your hotel, yeah, because she was. She said uh, I said to her that I was going through uh, Los Angeles, and she said, "Well, email me when you get here, and yeah. we'll see see oh, if we can meet nice. up." And she was on her way to some big charity function thing and happened to be near Santa Monica so swung by and had a 15 minute drink with me I've got two questions on Priscilla Presley do you, do you need to go Jared I, I do I've got I've literally got a gig in nine minutes <laughs> okay do you know what I'll hold them uh, when we get you back on gig. I don't have to be out of the house it's, it's another gig from a toilet you're only going to do the Priscilla story again aren't you anyway on the zoom gig yeah, can you exactly. just do that and have a song in the background recording it Jared, can I leave you with the questions and then can you record them on a voice note and we'll just play them in on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, all right, you're giving me homework. I love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Number one, how much have you talked to her about Elvis? Number two, how many vodka Red Bulls uh, is she knocking back of an evening? Okay. 
Um, I'll, I'll answer them both now, actually. Okay. Yep. Um, uh, not much about Elvis at all. Um, yeah. I didn't really ask, although Mike Bubbins uh, showed up to the Panto uh, and oh, Elvis, uh, messaged me saying, do you think I can meet Priscilla? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll see what can what I can do. I'll meet oh, you out you stage door. Nightmare, I right, rock right. up stage door and he's only bloody dressed like Elvis. Oh, oh fuck no. off. And, you know, he wasn't oh, full no. Elvis. He wasn't full Elvis. No. He had a high collar and this is when he had his... Big sideburns in his quick. Yeah. And he's just he's a comedian, we all know, that does does he do an Elvis impression or just loves it? He used to. He used to be yeah. an Elvis impersonator. All oh, right. Um and a uh, very good one. And a exactly very good what one. you need, isn't it, after a day at work, seeing someone impersonate your dead husband. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> um and I just said to him, No, she's not available, mate. She's yeah, not available. I think mean, that's the right decision. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, and on New Year's Eve, I, w- I wasn't with her, but when we got when we all got back from New Year's Eve for the next show, everyone was asking how New Year's went, and uh, she said, "I think I had too many Red Bull and vodkas," and uh, I asked how many that was, and she said, "I lost count after seven. Oh, <laughs> so. oh. I think they were just singles, though, guys. I think they were yeah. just singles. Yeah, but it's the Red Bull that's the problem there. Is, I think mate. it's the Red Bull that's the problem. Absolutely um, wired. Jared, um, well, you'll have to come back on and you can answer. Have you got an answer about the parenting problem with your partner? Or do you want to say no, that? No, I'll think on it. I'll think on it. And I'll, and I'll run it past her. And oh, then I'll... That, oh, <laughs> no, you can't do that. Um, we'll get you back on to talk about your kids and not just Priscilla Presley, Jared. It's been a pleasure having to. you. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, Dave. Bye, bye. Bye. Jared Christmas there, Josh. I love Jared Christmas. Such a such a lovely bloke. Really funny so guy nice, as well. Really and funny. I've, I did loads of gigs. Uh, I still gig with him now a lot, but when we first started out, me and him used to gig a lot. In um, We would have to Inverness to do a show, and he oh, was wow. watching Homeland on his laptop on the plane. But yeah. you know, Homeland had a lot of sex in it in the first couple of episodes <laughs> because he'd come yeah. back from being a prisoner. And it oh, was so funny because I was behind him and everyone could just see him just basically watching. <laughs> Dave, is his name Dave, uh, Dave? What's his name with the uh, actor? Uh, Damien Lewis. Damien Lewis. Just banging. But with all scars on his back and all shy and weird and sleeping on the floor because he'd been a prisoner. But um, yeah, that cracked me up. But yeah, that was a good episode of that, wasn't it? Yeah, great. He's just fun. He's just got great energy. I'd love him to be my dad. Yeah. He'd be a great dad. Yeah, he's a a brilliant dad. He's a lovely man. And I'd I'd like to say, listen from our listeners, hear from our listeners. For for you, was that a good episode because we went off on weird tangents? Or were you going, "Uh, I'm here for the parenting? Let us know, because we're happy to go off on tangents if you prefer. Because Rob Rob wouldn't like the question to be loaded, but he did give one of the answers in a funny voice. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like if I did the EU referendum. Stay or leave to get back what we love. Just a mark across in the box. Um, thank you to Jared. Well, we we are, we should say we're now doing, we're getting people back because we realised, you know, everyone's parenting situations. I mean, we've got new stuff to talk about every week. So everyone's parenting situations um, change. So yes. we'll be getting back on like our, well, not our favourite guests, the audience's favourite guests. So do tweet us your requests as well. Yes, or email who you'd like to see back on because, you know, some of our guests have had children since uh, since you spoke or, or people... Tom Allen's had two, hasn't he? Tom Allen's had two children. Yeah, he's, he's turned into an absolute, you know, fuck monster in lockdown. <laughs> um, yeah, so let us know who you want us to uh, interview. <laughs> right, see you later. <laughs> <laughs>